0: This is the Divine Truth Podcast. My name is Patricia Sanders, and we're listening to a seminar called Secrets of the Universe, presented by A.J. Miller in Australia in 2009. This is part 13.
1: A.J., this is regarding abortion. It's a threefold question. Um, One of them is the... um, I've seen uh, videos of abortions where the uh, fetus has been torn to shreds by a suction device, the physical effect on that on that form on the spirit what is there any residual in that spirit actually uh, transcends uh, the physical form? and um, the fetus feels pain and um, so the intensity of the pain will depend upon the uh, generally and there, there's a difference between intensity of pain and the duration of pain. So, so the problem with uh, any abortion, of course, is the fetus is going to feel pain associated with the abortion. Now, the pain is twofold. The pain is firstly the physical pain, which will be either short and intense, or quite a bit longer and drawn out, depending on whether abortion has occurred through chemical means or through physical means. When the pain, and when the pain, there is um, spirits who actually help the fetus so the soul and the spirit body of the fetus go out of body. So what they do, and this is no justification by the way for abortion, but what they do is they nurse the child through the painful experience by helping the child be out of body and not feel all of the feelings associated with the physical pain itself. Because the spirits who do that um, know the intention of the parent, so therefore they surround. So abortion clinics are actually surrounded by spirits who are trying to nurse children through this process of transition, which is quite painful. The second question, and and by the way, these questions, a lot of these questions that you've been asking me about abortions, and there's been quite a few of them even privately, uh, are prompted by also some spirits who who want to know about these answers, so I want to give fairly concise answers. Um, The second part of the pain that they feel is the emotional pain. Now, the emotional pain begins... The, the, the moment that the parents feel an emotion that they're going to go ahead with this, up until that time what happens is that there is usually an oscillation of emotion in the, in the mother particularly but also in both parents. So you'll get an oscillation of emotion of, oh yes I think I should do it, no I, I don't think I should because I feel guilt, and yes I think I should and no I don't, and eventually as with any doubt, emotion, which is a painful experience for any person to go through, you eventually settle on one side or the other. So one side is keep the child, the other side is abort the child. When you settle on abort the child, the child instantly from that moment on is starting to feel emotions of rejection. And uh, in fact, uh, many people have the effect of having a miscarriage at that point because the child actually can feel the emotion of rejection. So so some people actually have the physical feelings of not wanting the child and the child actually miscarriages because of that emotion. Now those emotions pass into the child. So you've got this instant, in, intense or, or drawn out, depending on what kind of means we use to abort the child, uh, coming in as sensory input into the soul of the child. And then you've also got the emotional response of the child, uh, which is uh, actually more painful to the child and of longer duration generally. Now what happens is the, the, the a nursing spirit, if we can call them that, which is usually a celestial spirit who is assigned by God to nurse that particular child, Will actually try to prevent the child from experiencing a lot of the physical pain associated with it, but the, the nursing spirit will allow the child to experience their emotional pain. So what happens is the child does a lot of crying, initially in the spirit world after that first initial process of abortion occurs. So the spirit, celestial spirits are nursing this child, and through this process of emotional pain of rejection then the spirit gives all of the love that the spirit is able to give and that actually regenerates the child and allows the child to have an emotion inside of it of uh, self-awareness regarding its own identity and also allows the child to experience a feeling of self-worth. So the child then gains a feeling of self-worth. But in order to actually allow that process to continue, which may take many months, The the nursing spirit um, prevents the child from visiting the parent. And it actually prevents, I don't know if you're aware of it, whenever you have an emotion for somebody, for whatever reason, whether it's a a, a love-based emotion or or an unloving emotion, there is an emotional hook that goes out of you to... and, and it's like a stream of energy that goes out of you to the other person. And so if you're a mother who's aborted or your father or mother is aborted and you still have the emotions that I've done the right thing and so forth, there's this emotional energy going out towards the child. And what the caring spirit does is cut that energy off from ever receiving the child, being received by the child. So the child doesn't get those emotions and that way the child is allowed to go through this process of actually having some self-worth and growing up with self-worth. Now what happens a lot of times is a mother, uh, a lot of times, or both the mother and father, at some point in the future recognise the, of the choices that they've done and they go through these emotions of, wow, I realise now that I've done the wrong thing in this particular situation. The key is to look at, uh, I mentioned this earlier to somebody, but I think i will write it on the board um, in terms of what kind of emotions uh, to go through. There's usually a whole group of two separate sets of emotions. There's the there's the reasons, and I'll put the word reasons in quotations because really they are the justifications of why the abortion took place. My suggestion is if you have had an abortion, write down all the reasons why at the time you felt you needed to do that. Does that make sense? All the reasons why both. Parents, not just the mother, because this is there something that's attributable to both parents? All the reasons why. In the reasons why, we refer to all those reasons, they are your fears. Does that make sense? The reasons that you're listing, so the reasons why you did the abortion, when you list them all, they are all your fears. And to be frank with you, Those fears were great enough to create the destruction of life. Were great enough to cause you to destroy life. So they're pretty big fears. Does that make sense? Now, those fears are pretty big fears and they cover grief inside of you. Some some causal grief inside of you from your own childhood. Do you follow me? From your own life. And the key is to allow yourself to firstly identify the fears and then allow yourself to feel the grief of those causal emotional reasons why you justify the destroying of life. You only justify the destruction of something through a fear. Now that's one set of things to do. So that's one group of emotions. There's a whole other group of emotions you're also going to have to work through uh, with regard to abortion. And that is, you will have an emotion generally of guilt. G U I L T. Guilt. guilt. Now, an emotion of guilt is a pointless emotion to experience. When I say pointless, it is your way of getting out of other deeper emotions. All right. Now let's see what you're getting out of with this guilt. There is actually a process that goes on in your soul when you do something disharmonious with love. And this is anything disharmonious with love, by the way. This process happens, but it happens a lot when we do big things, disharmonious with love, more than when we do little things, disharmonious with love. And that is we have this law that comes into operation called the law of compensation. You probably have heard of it as the law of karma, right? What you sow, you reap. It is actually a law that causes a consequence to be placed upon your soul for actions that you took that were disharmonious with love. Whether you are sensitive to them or not, sometime in the future you will feel them. Now for most people they don't feel them when they're on earth. So what they do is they you know, go through life trying to ignore it. You know how you have these little thoughts pop up. Oh the abortion pops up in my mind. Oh, suppress that back again and we're off with life again, right? That's how most people react to these kind of events. Does that make sense? So another thought pops up, oh I treated that person badly. Oh, suppress that one. and I go on, <laughs> you know, with my life. Another thought pops up, oh you know, I harmed my children and oh forget about that. I try my best, you know, and I go on with my life like that. This is how we finish up acting in our life generally, is these little thoughts pop up. Those little thoughts are the beginning of our awakening to the law of compensation. Now, whether you're here or whether you're in the spirit world, you are going to have to experience the results of every single action you took. Now, most of us don't do that here because we ignore the results of most of the actions we took. So what we need to do is come to allow the results to hit us in their full emotional force. Remember this is an emotional process that's so going to hit us in their full emotional force. So I'll go through feelings of you know, shame and then probably deeper feelings and I'll actually grieve what I did. I will go into a state of grieving which is actually a state of repentance. Right, We go into a state of repentance and in that state of repentance we are now grieving what we did. We are coming to a full knowledge emotionally of the things we've done to harm others. Now in that state, that is a beautiful time to call upon God because there's an emotion in response that if you call upon God and you long to God, there's an emotion that God gives in response to your repentance. And that emotion is this misused term, grace or mercy. So, rather than, actually, rather than you now having to experience the full results of the law of compensation, because you're in a state of repentance, because you're feeling the emotion of repentance, God, through this mechanism of longing for her love, will give you mercy or grace and you'll feel a feeling of peace overcome you about the situation. And in fact, when you feel that feeling of peace overcome you about the situation, you will know in your heart that you have forgiven yourself for the particular issue that you face and you've done it emotionally, by the way. This is not an intellectual process. It's an emotional process where you forgive yourself. You've now forgiven yourself for what is done because you can feel... God's forgiveness work through you, through this action of repentance. This is, by the way, one of the highest laws of the universe, believe it or not. When you, when you enact this repentance from a heart, from the heart, you call into being a high law that actually overcomes the law of compensation. And what this law does is the law of mercy or grace, or you could think of it the law of divine love, which is the biggest laws of the universe. What happens is through that law, God then actually helps take away from you the underlying pain of the results of your actions. Now, if that didn't occur, you would have to experience exactly the pain you created. Now, imagine if we're talking about an abortion. I just described some of the pains that an aborted child goes through. If you don't go through the process of repentance you will have to go through the process of the law of compensation. And the process of the law of compensation is exactly what you have dealt out is what will be dealt to you in pain. Does that make sense? That's one of the laws of the universe.
0: But the law of grace
1: or mercy, which is invoked through the law of repentance, overcomes the law of compensation. So as long as you're willing to go through that process you can very rapidly deal with this problem or this problem of what we've done that's disharmonious with love. When we go through that, we'll come out the other side feeling a sense of peace, you'll be able to talk freely with anyone about that particular issue without crying, right? and you'll be able to actually mention it in public without feeling ashamed. When you fully process yourself through that emotion and feel the foot repentant fully, and this is how many spirits who are now in the celestial world can come to you and tell you all the bad things they did while they were on Earth, and know that they've been forgiven for all of those things. Does that make sense? So, with regard to abortion, it's the same process as the regard to anything else that we've really done harmful in our life. You see. Everything we've done harmfully in our life, we had our reasons at the time, which were really, in the end, just justifications. We always had a reason why. If we list those reasons why, they will tell us our fears. Can you see it's the same pattern? They will tell us our fears. Our fear was we were willing to, instead of destroy life, break, destroy life, we were willing to break love because of our fears and we will need to feel some grief about those things. right? When we feel the grief, and remember the grief is regarding the causal reason why we did those things, they are released from us. We will have guilt about everything that we've done that broke love because that's an automatic reaction to the soul. The law of compensation kicks into effect every time we do something disharmonious with love, whether it's natural love or divine love, doesn't matter, the law of compensation will kick into effect. We have the choice of feeling the full effects of the law of compensation or we can go into a state of repentance. The state of repentance is this deep heartfelt sorrow and desire to deal with the underlying causal emotional reason why I did what I did. When we do that and we ask God for grace and mercy, the underlying reason will be lifted from us, you'll feel a sense of peace and calm overcome you and you will be able to speak about these events without any fear, without any sadness, without any shame, without any terror, without any guilt. Does that make sense? Exactly the same process for everything we do that is disharmonious with God's love. So I wanted to go through that with you because um, this is a part of how divine love works, if you like. And what a lot of the spirits in the spirit world don't understand is these laws. You see, they understand the law of compensation in the spirit world, it's called the law of karma a lot, right? They understand that law a lot and they feel the effects of what you sow, you reap. There's a saying in the spirit world that the wheels of God, of God grind very closely. You know, like you know, when you're grinding flour, if you've ever seen a flour mill, you know? You get a seed and a seed and it gets ground, ground, ground and then it goes into a powder. That's what God's laws are like. They're going to grind every error out of you. One way or the other. My suggestion is be wholly involved in the process and it will be the shortest possible process for you. If you're not wholly involved in the process, the law of conversation, the law of attraction, the law of cause and effect and all these other laws will kick into play and it'll be a slow, long-winded, painful process for you. It's up to you. The laws of God grind and grind and grind. God has cleverly constructed her universe. Right? It's not like man. You know, you go along with man. You know, you you, you go along and say, "Ah, oh, but your honour, you know, I did it because I was crazy at the time." Right? It's not like that. Not like that with God. You can't do things like that with God. God knows what you did and what you were feeling at the time. You can't get away with it. None of God's laws let you get away with anything unless there is repentance, unless there is this feeling. Now, you can see that that is a very, very similar teaching to a lot of Christian teachings, right? For any of you who have been in the Christian religion. Yes, of course, you know, like... That's why it's called Christian, based on Christ, and I was the first Christ, so therefore, you know, a lot of the things I say will sound Christian. Sorry about that, you know. But that's what you get talking to Jesus. The truth is, the truth is that this is a big law of the universe, that it's really important for you to understand. And if you understand it, you can work through emotions much more rapidly when you understand that particular law. So if we can... Have Mary's comment and then we'll have someone at the back with a mic.
0: I just wanted to... I, I, don't, I haven't been in the Christian faith, yep. but um, I wanted to make the point that this repentance is a very emotional place. Yep. It's not something... It's um, not like I death, have, repentance. repentance. Yeah, I have tried to be repentant, but it's a very different place to actually feeling true repentance.
1: Yep. Perhaps yep. you can explain the difference between trying to be and feeling it. Can you think of any examples?
0: I sort of, yeah. Um, there's been lots of times where I've uh, felt like I'm really sorry, and I want to say sorry, and I'm crying, and oh, I never want to do it, and I feel ashamed of what I've done. And then the
1: um, next time an event comes and
0: up, then what happened? I just did it again, just got angry, or just you know cut someone off, or, or whatever. And then I felt shame, and this is why guilt is such a um, powerful avoidance emotion because it wasn't letting me get deeper mm-hmm. to to the actual reasons why I was taking these actions. Yep. When I did that, I actually felt... Um, I really connected to what it was I was avoiding through trying to control or trying to... So I felt the reason why I was actually taking the action, getting angry, for example. Mm. And I felt... So I felt I really connected with that and felt grief about that, but I also felt a, a very deep longing towards God of a really... Please take this away from my soul, so uh, it's not within me anymore. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can everyone see that? You can say sorry as much as you like, but if you do it again, you weren't sorry in the first place, right? So you know, you see this a lot in a relationship. For example, the man cheats on the wife, says he's sorry, cries, does all these other things, you know, and and she thinks, oh, he seems like he's sorry. You know, six months later, he's cheating again. Like, was he sorry? No, what is real sorrow? Real sorrow is connecting to the causal emotional reason why you did what you did. That's real sorrow. A very important thing to understand. If, particularly in a relationship, because if, if you're wanting to get back with a partner who's harmed you in some way, like let's say we've got an abusive situation with a partner where the partner's maybe, you know, yelling and screaming at you all the time, or maybe even hurting you, like you know, physically hurting you all the time. Unless that person who's doing that deals with the underlying causal emotional reason why they do what they do, they are going to do it again. Guaranteed. If we deal with the underlying causal reason why we do it, we will not ever be able to do it again. It will be so abhorrent for us to even consider doing it again emotionally that we would never be able to do it again. Does that make sense? And that's not a fear of it. You get to a point where you just cannot do it. Can you say more?
0: Yeah. No, it was just, uh, you were explaining that process with regards to abortion. Yes. And I just wanted to make the point that once the parents reach this place of repentance, then the... um, the, their children, child, the yep. child that's been aborted, can actually then have a relationship can reconnect. with them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You see the reason why is that a child can reconnect or to be honest anybody can reconnect with a person who's repentant. So it doesn't matter what's happened in your life but if the person's repentant they're never going to do that same thing again to you. And so every single person on this planet, every single person in the spirit world can reconnect with people who have harmed them, tortured them, abused them and all sorts of things as long as the person who is the perpetrator is completely repentant and they've dealt with the underlying causal emotion. So you understand that when you deal with the underlying causal emotion, it creates an amazing draw back to a pure relationship with the person. And this is particularly the case with an abortion. So the child who is aborted feels a draw back to mummy and daddy when mummy and daddy are repentant for the reasons why they did what they did. And the, the, the nursing spirit, if the child's still quite young, will allow that process to occur under those circumstances because that's in harmony with God's laws.
0: What I wanted to ask, AJ, with that example that you've put on the board, Mm -hmm. you talked about listing the reasons why. Aren't I going to be in my intellect if I do that rather than actually in the emotion?
1: Yeah, but see, your justifications are always based on emotional reasons. So your intellectual justifications always have an emotional cause. So someone mentioned to me in a break that one of their justifications was at the time, was this justification that I won't have enough money to care for our child. Right? So that was a justification. There's a deep emotional reason in that justification. Lack of abundance or worry that God's not going to provide, all sorts of emotional reasons might be in that justification. And this is why I say start with your justifications if you're having trouble getting to your fears and your grief. Because if you start with them, you'll be able to easily identify what the underlying fears are for those justifications. Remember, every emotional justification you have is based on a fear that you have of something occurring. So it's great if you can list them. So for example, my justification, for example, for not doing bigger groups, right, is that I I feel that I'm not ready for doing bigger groups. Does that make sense? That's my justification. But actually it's an avoidance. The real fear is that in, when I'm in a bigger group, I will get more projections of, uh, of condescension, more projections of judgement, more projections of unworthiness and so forth that I don't want to feel. That's my fear. Does that make sense? So you will find these things in every single thing you do. Many of you feel like a pull to teaching people whatever you've learned and then you tell yourself a justification, which is, oh, you know, I don't like big crowds. That's the justification. That covers the fear. What's the fear? Fear of big crowds is something to do with how you'll be treated in a big crowd, how you'll be looked upon, how you'll be judged and so forth. Work your way through that and then step underneath. Does that make sense? We can go over there with a mic.
0: Thank you, AJ. Forgiveness. There's a lot of talk of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. empowering the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. How does that fit in with repentance? You were saying when you repent, the other person... Is that automatic forgiveness then because you've repented or does it need...
1: No, forgiveness isn't something you do for yourself, not for the other person, for a start. Let's look at forgiveness. Forgiveness is a part of a lot of our understandings about God and it's something very important. I've talked about forgiveness in the past for three or four hours at a time, so there is stuff some stuff on the net about forgiveness already that you can listen to. But here's a general summary. What does God do? The instant you break one of God's laws of love, you are forgiven. God doesn't demand it of you, anything of you. God doesn't even demand that you're sorry. God still forgives you. Now, you might not forgive yourself, Or you may. A lot of times we think we've forgiven ourselves, but in reality all we've done is justified our actions. That's not forgiveness. But from God's perspective, God forgives every single action. So if a murderer comes along and murders your family, God will forgive them. instant The instant that it happens. But there is this law of compensation. And the law of compensation is what you sow, you reap. Law of compensation is there's going to be an effect for every action you take. So therefore, even though God's forgiven you, there is a consequence of the laws you've broken, and they will have to be those consequences will have to be paid by your soul, basically. All right? Now let's look at that in the sense of a relationship. Let's say or a parent-child relationship where the father abused the daughter. If the father abuses the daughter. The daughter needs to get to a state of forgiveness before she can move on from that damage. And you know, it's not an intellectual pace. It's not, I've heard so many people come up to me and say, look, I've been abused as a child, but I've forgiven my dad now. And I'm saying, I'm sorry, but you haven't yet, actually. Because to forgive someone completely, you've got to actually feel the underlying emotions they created through their interaction with you inside of you and you need to feel them and release them and then you've forgiven them. So when you forgive them, what happens is this. When you forgive them, there is an automatic feeling inside of you now that you can love them even though they did those things. Now you think with some pretty hard actions like abuse for example, that's going to take a bit of effort in your part, isn't it, to work your way through the process of forgiveness. Now forgiveness, what that does is a number of things for yourself. What it does is it allows you now to no longer have any emotional response to the action they took towards you. Now, I'm not saying you manufacture that state. It's got to be a real state in you that you no longer have any emotional response to the action someone took about took towards you when you're in that state and you forgive from that moment you can move forward on that issue it is no longer an issue tying up your life and ch- and doing and changing your life but you know what happens on earth and in the spirit world a lot we only forgive if someone's sorry and even then we have a hard time right But let's say we wait to forgive until somebody is truly repentant. The problem with that is this. If I wait until a murderer who murdered my family is sorry for what he did to my family, I am going to be waiting a long time, which actually locks my own relationship up with God and my family by the event. Because remember, my family's now in the spirit world and I could still be having a relationship with them that is perfectly loving. So what happens is this. When I decide to not forgive, what I'm doing is I'm now basically basing my entire spiritual progression on the other person coming to a realisation of what they did. Now, do you think if you're a murderer, you're going to easily come to a realisation of what you did? as wrong? Well, you, if, you, if you were going to easily come to it, you wouldn't even word it in the first place probably, would you? Can you see that? So if you lock your life up waiting for the people who hurt you to be sorry, you will not ever be at one with God and you will never experience the beautiful emotions that come in that state. You won't experience The freedom that comes from forgiving yourself, you know, forgiving them and forgiving yourself. So my suggestion is to allow yourself, now there's been long discussions that I have about forgiveness and how it takes place and we just did one recently I think, didn't we? So that's on the net and you can download that and have a listen to that. So there's whole discussions about forgiveness and repentance and interactions and so forth and love and self-love, all in that discussion. So my suggestion is to have a look at that. But in summary, if a person doesn't forgive, they are basically locking up their own spiritual progression and their own bliss. You are just harming yourself. And uh, I've talked to many spirits who were in this state. We, uh, we had a group of slave spirits come to us once and their slave owners, this was in Barbados, and their slave owners, this was like 300, 400 years ago that they had been in this state. They were still in the hells of the first sphere the spirits who were tortured by the slave owners were in the hells. The slave owners were in the hells deeper again. But the spirits who were tortured by the slave owners were still in the hells and they didn't understand why. When we talked to them, I started helping them connect to the emotions they had towards the slave owners. Which were emotions of rage and, and they just want, they wanted to do to the slave owners what the slave owners did to them. They wanted to punish the slave owners by doing exactly the same thing. We actually helped them with a few spirits, helped them go to the slave owners and where they were to look at their condition. And they came back and said, I'm glad they are in that condition. So they were really, really angry, they were full of rage. What we did was we connected them to their rage and started telling them that that's why they are where they were. Because they were still in the rage and they hadn't forgiven Now, as soon as they connected that, they asked, what about, how do I forgive? I said, all you need to do is feel the grief you felt having these things done to you. And as soon as I said that, lots and lots of them started to go into their memories about the damage that was done to them. And instead of being in a rage about them, just allowed their grief to just flow out of them. And then I asked them to just long to God for God's love to come to them and every single one of them, every single one of them moved from the first sphere to the second sphere in that one transaction, just by doing that once. Now those ones are now quite high up in the spirit world. This was two years ago that this happened because they have learnt some of the other lessons of divine love in the process and are now progressing on the divine love path. But understand that what was holding them there for 300 or so years was their state of rage and anger towards the perpetrator. And so it's a very powerful thing to give up rage and anger towards perpetrators. It does not mean you'll allow them back in your life until they are repentant. Because when they are repentant, they will never be able to hurt you again. Their soul wouldn't allow it.
0: Thank you for listening. The website for this show is divinetruthpodcast.wordpress.com and you can find AJ and Mary's website at divinetruth.com. Their YouTube channels are Divine Truth and Divine Truth FAQ.